0: Welcome to When We Speak, where we shed stigma, say goodbye to shame, strengthen ourselves and encourage others. I am your host, Tasha Hunter. This is a podcast where I am blending the intersections of race, gender, sexuality, faith, and trauma. If there is a topic that most people say we're not supposed to talk about, I'm talking about it because that is how we heal. We don't heal in silence. We heal by speaking out. Today, I'm speaking with my friend, Shay Sears-Fairfield, and we're speaking about relationship. Uh, Shay, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, for real, for having
1: me here. I count this as one of those few sacred spaces that exist on the interwebs. And so thank you, Tasha Hunter. You're lovely.
0: For anybody that has not heard your name, followed you on IG yet, just tell everybody who you are a little bit, whatever you want to share on your bio. Yeah, honestly,
1: thank you. Um, my name is Shay Sears Bearfield. I uh, am from Freeport, Bahamas. I like to think, you know, this actually just came to me. So I'm at Shay Bear, and I do spell my name a little differently. It's C H A. It's my name, Shay. So at Shay Bear is. C-H-A-B-A-R-E on the gram. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. My sister who lives in Exuma Bahamas and I were just talking yesterday and she always says this of me. And I would think that this is probably my biggest calling card is that I speak the words that people feel inside but are unable to kind of put together with a sense of clarity or exactness. So I feel so grateful. I do. I feel so grateful and privileged that somehow my thoughts and my ability to express my thoughts with words are things that make people feel like, oh my God, I thought and I felt that, but I didn't know exactly how to say it. So I'd like to say I'm an expert at that.
0: And I do a lot of that on my feed. Yeah, you do your words. Absolutely. It's like it connects straight to people's heart. Thank you. And as the hope slinger that you are, yes. <laughs> as we're talking about relationships, can you just share my first question is at your core, what has life taught you about people? Let's start there.
1: Ooh, that's a great question. So at the core, at my core, what what life has taught me about people is that we all want the same things. And I think we all struggle with <laughs> the same things. We all want to know that we are special and and loved, that our lives have great, enormous meaning and purpose, that in the places that don't feel too fancy, fresh, or full of meaning or purpose, yet there still is meaning, that we want to feel protected, we want to feel safe, and we will do almost anything to ensure those two things that I just mentioned will do yeah. almost anything to feel protected and safe, even if it's not pretty, even if it's ugly, and even if it's the most selfish. Yeah. But ultimately, what allows me to be patient with that is I go back to those aforementioned things I talked about. We all want to desperately know that we are loved, that our lives
0: have meaning, and um,
1: that we're seen, you know,
0: we're seen. Totally, totally agree on being seen, on being protected, on being safe. hmm On being loved. When I think about that, I automatically connect to the authenticity of relationships. And so, just along with that, what have you learned about having authentic relationships?
1: Yeah, I tell you what, this past year, year and a half, I think I knew a lot of what I'm about to espouse, but I think I was not prepared to execute my life pursuant to these things that I knew. And that is, first of all, who you are is enough. If you are alive, two things are irrefutable. You've heard me say this a thousand times. There's room and need for you to be who you are. That's true. But I think we don't all really fully feel that. Right. So we have relationships that we are just we just are super happy that they are they drew us in and said that we are their friends. We're we're just happy to be someone that they say that they are acquainted with. And in that space, we also are brilliant beings we systematically understand what parts of us must be dumbed down, ignored, uh, covered, uh, a destra, like put to the left. That's what they say in Italian, a destra. A destra and sinestra. So a destra is to the right, put to the left, put to the left, put to the right, put to the left. Like you get out of the way and then you show up in a way that you know, not even that you think, but that you know is going to be received. And what I have learned is That can only last for a period of time. And then you'll get to a place (laughs) where there are things that are strangling you, that are beating on the back of your throat that you must say, and you must exhibit, and you must do. And you know that you cannot do that in the confinements of this relationship or these cultural spaces that you have allowed yourself to become ensconced in. And so at a certain point, you know what you got to do? Exit stage left. Shoot, you got to black girl has got to get on up or white girl or whoever you are. You have got to get on up and leave. And what is interesting that I found is when you do exit stage left, those who absolutely required of you a certain um, parameter of you to exist will be most put off by your departure and will kind of be like, well, wh- why you leave? It? Like, and, and you'll try to be silent and, you know, cause you ain't trying to make people feel bad. You just trying to mind your own business and leave because you can't do it another throw another moment because that beat that has been at the back of your throat. in the Bahamas, we have this thing called Junkanoo. And it's this big, beautiful, uh, cultural celebration. And they're beating these things that are no longer goatskin drums. We call them goatskin drums. And we beat the boom, boom, ooh, ooh, junkiness. So this is literally what the soul of you does eventually to the back of your throat. You can't do it anymore. It's like, ooh, ooh, junkanoo. It was beating. And you can't ignore it. Carnival is full on. The outfits, they're there, and you're like, this. If I, when I open my mouth up, junk news about to come out. I can't keep it in any longer. And so, it's funny that when you go to leave, these environments will be like mad at you for leaving. And frankly, you're trying to leave silently. You're just trying to like you ain't even trying to leave loudly. I just try to leave silently like, okay, I can't do this anymore. There's a there's a requirement that you have that I am no longer willing to put up with. I'm no longer willing to try to to be this person. I'm no longer willing to, oh to fill this role. This role is exhausting and, and desperate for me. And I, and I don't want to be there anymore. And the people whom you are leaving, even in silence, will be mad at your leaving because you know what you're leaving makes them do. Why would she leave us? Why Why, why would she leave us? I'm amazing. I'm awesome. I'm perfect. Like I, I, I'm so what you're like, I'm not saying that you're not amazing or perfect. I'm just leaving. But then why don't you say, so I found that energy coming to me. Like I'm just trying to leave gracefully. I'm not asking you to change. I'm not asking you to change one iota. All I know is I cannot be who I am one more day in that environment. That's what Mm -hmm. I do know. I kind of said it like this. I am no longer willing and able to be treated and confined the way that you are comfortable treating and confining people. I I can't do it. I'm not, not one thing in that. Are you hearing me say that you need to stop doing what you do? You keep doing what you do, but that works for you. But what I know who it doesn't work for is Black Shay from Freeport, Bahamas. That's who it doesn't work for. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that when you do leave, your leaving causes confrontation in ways that you did not want confrontation to take place. Because if you're anything like me, I know what I don't like is confrontation. Your leaving requires confrontation. And your leaving requires questions and offense of you because your leaving makes them know there was something that they were doing that made you leave. And they are not comfortable with that. And they're and, and honestly, if they're not at that evolutionary place in their life, they can't even hear it because they've been nothing but perfect.
0: Everything you just said, and and it made me think of two things. One, my experiences and majority white spaces. Oh my gosh. They're special. Where I had to be the, the good black woman, the good black person. Absolutely. (laughs) And I had to be a very dumbed down person of who I really authentically am at my core.
1: That's right. And when you felt shit, Mm -hmm. okay. And when you felt shit, you had to be quiet about what you felt because you knew that that would, that would elicit a certain response and feeling in the people that you had been committed to being around.
0: Yeah. So swallowing a whole bunch of you. Swallowing a whole bunch of me in majority white spaces, in Christian spaces, which in my opinion, are the most toxic spaces Mm, ever. Yeah.
1: White American Christianity is very toxic.
0: It is. I don't know if
1: it's another space that is, is as toxic for me. And truthfully, when I look at them, I'm like, it's toxic for you,
0: but they don't even know it. Like, they I don't know, even- I'm
1: like, you are just eating the uh, rat poison and you don't yes. even know it. Like yes. um, you're, you're eating it and, and it's killing you, but you yeah. won't know it until much later on when it's like too far gone. To kind of turn it around. And I'm a person of hope. I don't want it ever to be too far gone for yeah. you to turn it around. But I, I feel like I go, it's not good for me, but I'm going to be honest. It's not good for you at all. Yeah. Put it down, put down the spoon.
0: Yeah. When you talk about exiting stage left, it really feels like to me, what, what we're doing when we exit stage left is we're getting rid of that toxicity. We're, we're cleansing ourselves. One hundred percent. Yeah, and so anyhow, so that's been really necessary, I think, for for many of us is to to exit stage left on on with any relationship that is just not serving love.
1: Yeah, uh, amen. And I would really encourage that person when you're leaving those types of spaces, you don't have to be loud about it. Yeah, you can just oh, yeah. because you 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 don't because whatever you say, I have found those environments. To question my entire being, but ask nothing of me. Ask nothing of how I am. Question my entire being as if who I am is for them to parcel out and dissect and analyze and be like, "Why are you doing this?" So that's why I would encourage anybody who's in that those spaces that are have grown toxic and they realize they've known they're toxic, but the toxicity has risen to a level that you cannot ignore it any longer. And and the movie. In the book clubs are not enough to pacify or lay the pain that you feel, I would say, you ain't asked me for my opinion, but I would say to leave and to leave quietly knowing why you are leaving. Because the moment you raise your hand to say why you're leaving, you will be jumped on and you are in a very vulnerable space. Because truthfully, they have been your space. They have been your refuge for a long time. They have been your place of camaraderie and of solidarity. And so now you are leaving on out and it's not like you have an established external place of solidarity or camaraderie or, or history, but all you know is you can't do it any longer there. And I would say when, if you are listening to this and if you are in that space with the greatest level of aplomb and in confidence, I'm telling you this, hear my voice in that moment, turn, walk and walk silently away. Give nobody, give nobody a defense as to why you're leaving. You don't have to come up with a story or reason because you're still trying to figure out exactly what it is that you feel because long before what you're feeling has words, it has feelings. And you haven't given yourself the time to come up with the words. Like right now I sound way more erudite and scholarly and knowledgeable and intelligent on the reasons why I had to leave these spaces that I couldn't. Could not come up with in the moment, but they were no mm-hmm. less valid because they, just because they didn't have words, they had a yeah. whole bunch of feeling and experiences behind them.
0: There are, as you were speaking, I wrote down four things that just came to mind instantly as you were talking as to, you know, for anybody out there that's wondering, well, why, why would I leave a relationship? You know, you just got to forgive, you got to move on. But there were some things that, that led me to exit quietly certain relationships. One, they were holding me to an old version of myself that no longer fit. They Ooh, couldn't get cool. with the new version. <laughs> mm. Mm. Two, they were requiring me to dumb down myself, silence myself and be what they wanted me to be. Mm. Three, they were, they were in my life for my resources, for my energy, for my knowledge, anything that I could give them. They were in my life to receive or they were in my life to dump all of their issues onto me. Mm -hmm. Really, I have six. Oh, give it to me. Um, (laughs) The next one, they were uncomfortable. As they witnessed my evolution, my healing, my success, they became uncomfortable with where they just understood God was taking me, the universe was taking me. That's right. They couldn't identify with it. They didn't nope. have it for themselves. They weren't going in the same direction. So they were uncomfortable with it. And then the last reason why I exited stage left are for those people who just absolutely could not show up for me. They didn't have it within them, in their heart. They could not show up for me in ways that I needed and in ways that oftentimes I always showed up for them in relationships. mm And so, you know, as you hear that, what is it? It, do you have anything to add and and then also can you speak to what it means to show up for other people Ooh. uh
1: the only thing i have to add is a white hanky and an amen is' what i i'm like does anybody don't make me don't make me start running around this church yeah. and uh shouting because that's what i feel i feel like yes amen oh my gosh number three mm-hmm. point three amen point four five six yeah um but what i would say is This is just a critique of that space. Maybe, and I always ask myself, what what would be the goal of me sharing this critique? Because it's not just to talk badly about someone or an environment. It's to give someone that much more courage to keep exiting, exiting stage left. And that is those environments, that's the thing about it. Those environments, any environment that is married to keeping you tied and tethered to a version of you that satisfies them is a dangerous environment for you. It is not a safe environment for you. So one thing that I notice about those environments is that someone has given them some kind of, I don't know. I I was like, well, who, where, when did they issue that like book to read and to, or, you know, eat it to uh, act upon, but they literally feel like they can dissect your entire being, ask you every question as if you should give them an answer. And they, they demand an answer. Like, I had people tell me, I just don't know, Shay. Like, uh, what are you doing? Like, I just don't know. Did you always feel these things? And I'm thinking to myself, bitch, did you always feel the things that you feel? Did you always feel the stuff that you have lived in front of me? A very finite version of God, a very finite version of Christianity that is very white that it's very American and wherever you do not fit in those two parameters, you are broken and disavowed. So did you feel the things, which is interesting to me is that those that hold those views of you so tightly, they would never think that you need to question their being yet. They feel the openness and if I might say the God ordainedness and them asking you everything about you, but mm-hmm. they don't open themselves up to the same level of questions. Right. So I would just say, even in an intellectual standpoint, ask why, <laughs> why must you be laid out open, splayed out open and ask questions of yet the one who is asking you questions does not put themselves in the same position. They don't even think that you should be even asking them these questions mm-hmm. and anything you say to be, honest, even in that space, because you're already divergent from where they are, they're going to understand you as someone who is aggressive and wrong. So why have the conversation? I always go to a question like in like when I kind of coach people in their lives, I'm always like, here's a question. If the end result that you're looking for is not going to be had by that particular action, don't do it. Can I tell you a story real quick about my aunt? So years ago, my, I was in college and I was working at this country club and called Centennial Country Club in, um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I was like the only black person working there. And I had these long, big braids and I just had them piled up on the top of my head, looking like a ragamuffin that I am. I was the beverage cart girl or the snack uh this like the snack room girl. So like people would come up and be like, yeah, I put on my chit sheet or blah 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 blah, I want a burger here, blah, blah, blah. And I would like ring it up and, and or I would be in the little golf cart waiting for them to tee off and go, can I get you something, sir? And I had to wear these entirely two short shorts, these khaki shorts that were just like, where are they going, Jesus? And this like a little white shirt. And there was this guy, I was like 20, maybe 21. And he was like 32, white guy. I guess I caught his eye and he started pursuing me. He's like, Look, can I take you out to dinner? Can I take you out here? And I'm just like, young and broke and like yes did you say dinner and um i he he had his own company he was making lots of money he was he was what i thought an adult was you know and i'm like oh my god i was kind of enamored and he would call me every night before i went to bed and have like a 30 minute conversation with me i mean for weeks and then one night we were supposed to go on a date and he called me and he was like, hey, good news and bad news. The good news is business is really just off the chain, essentially. It's going so well uh, that I have several meetings lined up. The bad news is we can't go out to dinner tonight because I have to attend to one of these. I was like, oh, OK, great. And he never called me again from that night. And I was like, "What?" Why would you call me? And you know I like to run, so I'm I'm running the next morning, and my aunt, uh, so my aunt would ride the bike next to me while I ran. So I'm like running, I'm talking to my aunt, and I was like, I just don't understand why he will not call me back. I guess it had been days, and I was like, he won't call me. I just got to call him and be like, why? I need to know why you didn't call me. And my aunt was like, don't ask him that. Don't you call that man and ask him that question? She goes, he didn't call you because he didn't want to call you. If you call him. You are asking him to tell you a lie. Tell me something to make me feel good is what you asking him. Girl, can I tell you my black feelings was hurt? I was all like, oh, okay. Like I was, <laughs> but she spoke the truth. So if the end result that I wanted from me calling him was that essentially that he would be like, Meo, I, I, I'm dumb. What was I, why was I calling you? Because I'm dumb and I should call you because you're amazing and I love you and you're beautiful. That's the shit I wanted him to say. But none of that was going to be had if I called him and was like, tell me why you ain't called me. He would have told me a lie that would have made me feel all right and made the moment not as awkward. So my point is, is if the thing, that you ultimately want. If you truly analyze your behavior, is that behavior going to yield that? If the answer is no, it's a waste of your time. My aunt gave me some of the wisest words when she told me, if you Mm -hmm. call him, you are telling him to tell you a lie to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is to those people who are exiting these relationships is there's no point, Mm -hmm. honestly, in trying to defend or give a cogent answer to as, as to why you must leave, because Mm -hmm. why you must leave will not, and it's going to be purposeful, will not be understood or heard by the people to whom you speak. So Mm -hmm. I would tell you, save your words, save your damn words. They're beautiful and powerful, but
0: tell them to the new people you'll meet. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, I have questions related to that, but but I wanted to ask you. You're from the Bahamas. You've traveled all over this globe and been around a lot of different people that most people just don't have that experience. They're just not that that culturally um, educated or aware. How do you navigate when you think about your life so far up to this point? How do you navigate as a black woman showing up authentically in majority white spaces?
1: You know, there's two parts to that question. So one part is traveling around the world as a black woman from the western part of the world properly prepared me how to excellently navigate Mm. uh, 100% white spaces Mm. um, with all of the things that come with those spaces. So. And it just shows you the pervasiveness of white supremacy throughout the world because all of those cultures that I've been into, whether it was Korean, whether it was Italian, whether it was Spanish, whether it was Egyptian, they are prepared to receive someone from a very white American ethos. They really are. Um, So I would say from that standpoint, they they were part of the preparation of how to how to exist in those spaces, because those spaces love. White spaces, too. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yep. Yeah. Now, the other part of it that I think you want me to touch on, and I certainly want to, is that it is so beautiful to be a part of so many different cultures and ethnicities and religions and and things that are just important to different people, mm-hmm. that it starts to make you less able to be married to, to your thing as the best thing or as the only thing. You know what I mean? Whatever that thing is. Um, Because you see like, oh, these people never do that. They always do this thing. And I never even knew that this thing was an option to do. So it makes you very open-minded to people being exactly who they are. Now at a certain point, and for me, it took me some years, at a certain point, you're going to be able to extend that same grace and knowledge to yourself. That I'm like, oh, I have all these different things about myself. So I am not required to be this, what white America says I am required to be, to be palatable, to be ingestible, to be um, acceptable. So I I think it gives you a sense of freedom.
0: It does. And, and I even think in addition to freedom, I think that somehow when we show up as the person that God always intended for us to be, that that is where God really blesses us and really, (laughs) it's like, okay, na- now you're who I-, I need you to be. Let me show you what I can do for you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it takes a minute to get there though. It takes yeah. a minute. I just want to say it takes a minute to get there because that road, you don't know exactly what it looks like. The road you've been on, you've been paving for some time. You know exactly what it looks like. You know exactly the turns. You know exactly the response. You know it. You know it under your feet. You know how you feel walking on that space. So this, this other space, it's not a tried environment. You don't right. exactly know what it's going to look like.
0: No, you're exactly right. And this is a lesson that that I am learning late. So I'm in my 40s and I'm just now learning about the freedom of what it looks like to be a Black woman and to just be myself in, in every regard and to speak up and to speak my individual truth, whatever that is. That's right. Without fear of, oh, what will this... Do to others, what will they think of me? How will I make them feel if I say this thing? Uh, Will they be angry with me? (laughs) I know, yeah, because we desperately
1: want to be loved and liked and seen, I get that. So will the only road that I've known, how will I respond when everybody on that road in that camp doesn't like me? It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good. It's a Mm -hmm. scary, scary thought. And it's a scary predicament to find yourself in. But if I might preach for a moment, Mm -hmm. what I do know is, oh, what's on the other side of you just being who you are. Oh, what is on the other side of you not defending the things that are just so natural to you, Mm -hmm. that are so real. The you that really is, despite what they see you as, oh, there's a freedom and there's a, a beautiful thing on the other side of that. I always thought, What helped me finally take those steps in many places is here's the truth. Mm -hmm. There is a being, there is an entity, there is something that existed long before I existed, long after I will not longer, no longer exist in human form. Mm -hmm. That thing that I'm a part of, that thing that I come from, you come from. And that thing knows exactly how I motherfucking feel about this. Exactly. Right. So whatever I'm doing Mm -hmm. It is merely to make you comfortable with me. But the real deal, the person, the entity that really matters Mm -hmm. knows I do not believe this shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when you start to exercise who you are out of the space of what God sees and knows, Mm -hmm. oh my God, not just the freedom. But the beautiful thing on the other side, the beautiful things, multiple things, your friendship with me, I never would have met you in the confinements of trying to please. And do we hear the silliness of this? Trying to please. Why? Because I desperately want to be loved. I desperately want to be seen, appreciated heard and valued if i have to modify myself for you to value see or hear me and that means i'm not seeing value or heard that's what that actually means if i love have to it. pretend that i'm not gay in order for mm-hmm. you to love me then i'm not fucking loved speak on it say that again it's true if i have to pretend that i'm not gay or i have yeah. to pretend that I don't feel this thing in order for you to love me, then that means I am not loved in the beginning with this thing in this relationship. I'm not loved. But the thing, the entity that really knows who I am, Mm -hmm. knows I'm gay, knows I'm this thing, knows I'm that. And that entity loves me, Mm -hmm. loves you, and is not asking you to defend Not asking you to give a bullet point presentation of why, just wants you to be. So I guess what I'm saying is anything that really requires a fundamental modification of who you are, it's not love in the first place. It's a
0: cage. So um, yes, all the fields on all of that. And you already know why. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Since I've been working for myself and on social media, I've only been on Instagram a year, a little over a year. I love that about you. My Over mom and last, a tweeter book. yeah. <laughs> Over the last year and a half to two years, I've gone from writing things on social media and then quickly deleting it because someone criticized or someone had something to say about it. Right. Or hiding the post because I didn't want to offend. To now within the last two years, and this is including like Facebook and all of Twitter and all of that. Um just whatever i feel at my core whatever is in my heart which is always true and good stuff right i just put it out there as you should and so
1: and real quick though it's mm -hmm. always good stuff but if but i know there are people who don't perceive it as good stuff and what i'm trying to say is that they never were going to so why are you trying to keep asking the question just keep putting out your shit yeah
0: just keep putting out your shit like don't worry about it that yeah. is exactly what I've learned is, is, if, is if I'm always catering to the opinions or, or, or the fake acceptance of others, mm-hmm. then I'm going to die being a version of myself that isn't even true. Yeah. Yes.
1: All of that. And then I'd like to throw this on top of it would occur to me. All these people that I'm trying to please and placate and make sure that I, I don't offend them, none of their critiques are there to help me. So if, if your critique of me is not trying to help me, I'm trying to understand why I keep wanting to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. And the only reason why I would keep wanting to listen to it is because I still want to be loved and heard and seen. And I will, I want that anywhere. I want that anywhere. And so I'm trying to make sure I get it over there. But here's the thing. If, if, if their critique is critiquing you in the middle of your exposition of who you are, how is that helping you? Their their critique is not meant to help you. So then why am I listening when you're not trying to throw me a life vest? All you're trying to do is say, I see you drowning and here, catch this ton of bricks.
0: As I I listen to you, I think about, there's several people that, that, that crossed my mind. I thought about Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I Jesus. Max. Yeah, I, I thought about Malcolm, Malcolm. X. I thought about Fannie Lou Hamer, Shirley oh, Chisholm. Yes. Just all the people throughout history. And, and, and I thought Jesus must've said, well, I'm going to just say what I want to say. I'm going to say what I, I'm, I came here to say, right. That's he what gonna I have to do anyway. You're going to kill me anyway. You're going to hate me anyway. You're going to talk about me anyway. So I may as well just say it. So, so that is the energy that I, that, that I am moved in, right? That, that I'm living in. That, that's the energy that's flowing through me is yeah. I'm just going to say and do the work that I came here to do.
1: That's it. That is it. That's it. And you're not doing it because you have this particular result in mind. Yeah. You're doing it because you must. Yeah. Not because how they're going to respond, because you must. Yeah. And when you get to that, you won't stop. Yeah. You won't yeah. stop. E- even if everybody's like, you ugly, you ain't no good. You, I don't even know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. You're from the devil. It doesn't matter. Because if you know you are doing what you came to this planet to do, you yeah. didn't do it. You're not doing it because you want this particular group to like you. That's because it. there's a very specific group of things that one must do for that group mm-hmm. to like, and 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 you have outgrown the ability to even f- fake the funk one more day. That's
0: it. That's it. So within two years, I went mm-hmm. from having each relationship that I have lost just throughout my life. I just thought, oh my god, I just want friends. I just p- want people to see, hear, appreciate, value me, just like you talked about. That's right. I just want love. I just, I just want acceptance and belonging. Right. Mm -hmm. And each relationship, it just broke my heart so much. And, but also over the last two years, I feel like God has just placed such amazing people in my life and the epitome of real love. You being one of them. Mm, I love you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Meeting Monica. Yes. Being another one, Marcy, Andrea, 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 Andrea.
1: Yes, this whole group of people. Our little Letty, community, right? Letty, Patricia. Yes. yes oh, I get it. Yes. I know. All I haven't of us gotten little... to know Patricia that much or Letty that much, but I love what I know and I can't wait to dive in further.
0: Patricia's heart is pure. you got? oh my goodness. She's amazing. She's just a beautiful woman. Listen, I saw her in her bathing suit and I was like, you keep
1: wearing that girl. Yes, do mm, it. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to get me one. Hold up. Let me go get me one. <laughs>
0: I'm not and even so, kidding. <laughs> seriously. So so what I have learned over the last two years is that if if you move the negative energy out, mm. you can welcome in all the good, all the blessings, all the positive. Oh, A to but the you man. Ca- you've got to be willing to move the negative energy out. And for you, what does that process of releasing negative energy, negative people? Yeah. I mean, I know you yeah. said- do it quietly? Is there anything else in addition to that, that you have to offer on what oh. it means to welcome in the good?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the reason why I said to leave quietly is because I don't want you having another speed bump between you and the leading, because that's all that, all the, the noise that will, will be, that will inundate your world as you leave loudly is just there to be speed bumps to your leaving process. Um, and you know, it hits you up, you know, just you're just hitched up on the back of this thing. So that's why I spoke to Leaving Quietly in terms of the process that I think would be the one that yields the most fruit and provides the least resistance for that person who is in a very precarious and vulnerable position. Now, with regards to the that which you're going to, I, I think I just want you to know... That that thing that you probably have difficulty believing even exists for you, that place of safety and support where you are buttressed, buttressed you are held up, you are loved unconditionally and without question of you modifying. There is a space, there is a world that exists that's like that. Even though you can't fathom that it is. And on the other side of leaving that which doesn't serve you and makes you feel, and how do you know it doesn't serve you? That which makes you consistently feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. That you leave the environments always feeling worse. In the Bahamas, would they say voisa, voice about yourself. Yeah. yeah. And consistently feeling worse about yourself and not loving yourself. That that is exhausting. And what I I guess. I'm repeating myself, but truly, there is a space that exists, even if it's hard for you to believe that it exists, that will welcome you and ask you to make no amendments to who you are. I promise you that that space exists, and you won't know that space until you say goodbye and push off of the shores from the old. And to be fully transparent in that leaving, when you leave the coast of Africa, there's a whole ocean this whole Atlantic that exists in between that and the Americas, specifically Caribbean, where I'm from. But there's this island in the Bahamas called Exuma. And it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. And I've been to some beautiful places. I may be partial because I'm Bahamian, I don't know. But the ocean is so clear that actually you're the American astronaut, Scott, Ah, oh, I just forgot his name. When he was in space for about a year, he said the most beautiful place in the world for him, that he kept seeing these oceans, were the, the waters around the Bahamas. So uh, hold on. I want to find that Scott Kelly. That's his name, Scott Kelly. Scott Kelly, when he was, an, he was out in space for a year and he kept snapping these photos of the most beautiful waters he saw from outside of our atmosphere. And those waters were the waters, not just around the Bahamas, but specifically the Exumas. I'm telling you this to say the coast of Africa is here. Exuma is over here. There's going to be a huge ocean between that. And I cannot promise you that it's not going to be rife with huge waves, Um, all kinds of weather patterns that will set your mind longing for the coast of Africa. But if you will hear my words and hold on, you will arrive in Exuma. You will arrive there. Mm -hmm. And for me, these new friends that I'm meeting and these new environments that are providing me space
0: to be who I am, they are Exuma, you know, so. That's that's beautiful. I think you answered Mm -hmm. my next question because I was going to ask, when do you know that you found your people? And I think in everything you've said, you've already stated that because I knew I found my people when I did not have to hide a single mm-hmm. thing about who I am. A, to the men. And there wasn't a request for you to hide it. Not only did right. you, but no
1: one was asking you to do that.
0: And and so mm-hmm. it's like, I can be me for the first time. Um, in my life, I can say this is who I am. Even in terms of my professional ventures, sometimes it's not safe to share what we got going on, where we want to go. It's just not safe because people's energy, they they, they they won't support you or they'll be jealous or whatever. That's right. That's right. But I found people who are more than supportive. That's right. I mean, and and loving me through it all and saying, yes, girl, you can do that. You, you got this. You know, okay. now I know, okay, I found my people. There's no hesitation. My nervous system is not activated when I even think of sharing a, a sensitive thing. Mm. It's like, no, that, you know, they'll receive that. They, they, they got right. your back. Does That's that make right. sense?
1: 100%. And I would say on top of that, you'll know you also found your people when not only are you not asked to, you know, modify or change but anything that has told you, even if it is, um, even if it's like corrective or it will be there to help you, It will be given to you as help. You will feel more help than you have ever in your entire life. And which helps me know, I'm like, that's, that's what helps me shut people down in my head is when I'm like, is that helping me? Did anybody try to offer me help? Mm. They didn't try to offer me help. They just wanted to criticize me. Then, then you are not a space for me. You're not, Mm -hmm. you're not really wanting me to be there. You're not a, you're not a safe space for me. You're not my people. Mm -hmm. So not only do they ask nothing of you in terms of amendments of who you are, that which they offer you always provides help. Always Mm -hmm. provides help. Mm -hmm. Like, like, so our mutual friend, Andrea, she sees what I'm doing with my talk show. And, and instead of being like, Hey, you're doing a really shitty job. You look like all over the place. She's like, hey, my husband is like this techie guy and he can help you turn this into a podcast. And then I get this email that has this whole litany of things that I still have not jumped into. Jesus, Lord, I need to get into the Lord help us. Um, Of all these things that I can do and and that he is fully prepared to help me with to execute and make the Shay Show also a okay. podcast reality. Yeah. So everything he has given me is corrective and teaching. Mm-hmm. And everything he's given me is also helping me. I guess okay. I can't get away from the help. How is that helping me? How are these things that they're telling you about yourself helping you? Yeah. To tell me that I'm an ugly fat bitch, not helpful, not helpful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not only is it that you found your people, but. I think that people like Andre and people like us, we, we know how to show up. Yeah, yes,
1: yes, they do. And mm-hmm. only when I left the shores of Africa yeah. and I was willing to go across the Atlantic yeah. and possibly run into some like thunderstorms, some serious wave patterns, you know, like weather patterns, some serious, I don't know, um, water turmoil. Am I able to land in the Exumas? So here I am doing this monthly book club with Marcy and I haven't been able to interface with it as much as I've wanted because in a real, in in my heart, I'd be interfacing with a daily instead of just weekly or bi-weekly. And I was like, man, I'm just totally failing on this. And instead of her saying, yeah, you're right. You suck. Mm-hmm. She goes, Shay, you never have to worry. I'm just loving you being a part of this. And then- I was like, life is this and I, and I wasn't even complaining for it. I was just talking my husband's health is not the greatest. He, he you know he has chronic kidney disease, he has kidney failure, so dialysis is a huge part of our lives and all these things and I, I was just feeling particularly heavy. And what does Andre, Excuse me, what does Marcy do? I get this email yesterday from Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. She gives me this beautiful gift card to Uber Eats just to order food for my family. So instead of saying, you're right, Shane you are a hot, steamy mess and I need a water hose for the mess that you are. She said, I see you and I want to offer you help. That's a friend, man. And that's a friend that you find when you push off of the shores of Africa. That's a friend. That's, that's Exuma. That's what that is. That is
0: Exuma. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I've thought a lot about what I want my legacy to be. Yes. Um, I'm still working towards that, obviously, you know, and. I know you are. Yes, I am. What would you hope that your legacy would be with the people in your life, the people you've met? and the people that are just in your life as friends and family?
1: Mm. I would hope my legacy is that I reminded people. I reminded them of who they are, who they were born to be, what they came for. Mm. I reminded them of all those things that they thought were special about themselves when they were too young to know any better. That in fact, those things are special about them, that they are special. So I would hope that I'd be a memory maker. I'd be the person reminded people of the truth of who they are and what they came to bring. And you know, that's interesting is because I've had some of those people that I've had to pull from. That's one of the places where they criticize me the most. Think of your legacy. Who are you? What do you want to leave for your kids? And, and what if Kaya looks up to you? And I was like, well, What I hope is that Kaya does look up to me. And what I hope is that Kaya does see everything that I'm doing, even the things that she's too cool for school to mention. And what I am fully confident in is that that which I'm espousing to her in my living and doing speaks of everything that I just told you. And I'm a memory maker. I'm going to make you remember why you came here.
0: Um, That is really beautiful. And... For those who are listening and they really would love to follow you and know more about you, can you give like your IG handle and all of that? Yeah. Anyway?
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking. So my website is The Shea Show. Um, my name is spelled C-H-A. So it's the com. My IG is at Shea Bear. I'd love to see you there. And we go on YouTube, it's The Shea Show Live. I mean, Honestly, if you go to my website, it will lead you to all the places where you can find me. But I do do most of my living on Instagram in terms of social media.
0: Um, if you're listening to music and you want to move your body, what's an artist that you would maybe, what's what's on your playlist?
1: Yeah, right now, it's so funny. So, you know, I run a lot or exercise a lot just because it's my thing. Although I just took seven days off. I, the song that really is my jam at this very moment, you can make fun two things. It's by one song, um, post Malone by Sam felt. Mm-hmm. I don't know that song in the video mm-hmm. with the drag queens doing their thing. It's just like, I'm on the treadmill <laughs> or my elliptical. And if anybody's looking at me, I'm like, all long, part of mm-hmm. my post Malone. I just love that. Mm-hmm. And then, I also love, I go old school, Nelly. I, I like that uh, one song with Nellie, uh, city spud, I believe. And no, Murphy Lee and, uh, uh, uh puff daddy. And it's the one where they're in, it's, it's the soundtrack to bad boys. Yeah. I love it. I forget what it's called. I'm a sucker for cornrows. Um, I, I love it. I, I just I, I'm looking it up because I'm like, no, I want to know um, what that song is. It's just on my uh, 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 playlist with Puff Daddy, Nelly Puff Daddy. It is called Shake Your Tail Feather.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. That's an old yes. one. Yes.
1: Yes. I told you old school. So those two songs right now are the top of my workout uh List and then after that, it goes into Peaches by Justin Bieber. I know it's, I know it's Justin Bieber. I love that song, man. Me too. It goes into Holy. I love the song, Holy by him. I, I love it all. I love it. Joy and
0: Pain. (laughs) Yes. By Rob Bates. (laughs) We have similar music taste. Yes. What makes you laugh? Smart observations
1: that everybody has ever felt or thought. And you just have never heard uttered into words like this one comedy special that I forget his name, but he was a writer for uh, SNL for years. And and during the first during the former presidency that we just had came off of, he was equating it to, you know, like, yeah, before, you know, the last presidency, you know, people barely knew much of politics, you know, because it was like. It's like you have a hospital and everything's running out as it should. And and now we have a horse in the hospital. So everybody's like, did you see the horse in the hospital? And so there's a whole bunch of triage and that's taking place because you got this horse running down the halls of a hospital. So I think I love jokes that are so spot on in their observational accuracy. Yeah, love it.
0: Who who or what inspires you?
1: I think the who inspires me is any and every person willing to pursue their reason of birth. And Mm -hmm. I see it. I see them doing it. I I mean, you inspire me. Cole Arthur Riley inspires me. Marcy inspires me. Andre inspires me. Like people who I see who are actively like, this is why I'm here and I came to bring it. I'm not asking for your permission. I'm doing it. That inspires me because I know how hard the world works to shut you up and to break your heart and spirit. Mm -hmm. I know how hard the the world works to do that. So Mm -hmm. anybody who I see still rising and flying and swimming and trying and doing and and running and falling down and running and keep going and moving towards the finish line, that inspires me because I know the chutzpah and the tenacity it takes to do that. <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for taking time. You're working multiple jobs. You've got a lot on your plate. I thank feel you. honored that you came to talk to me today about relationships and what we've learned. Um, and offered a bit of hope and inspiration to others listening. And so, yeah, just thank you for everything.
1: Thank you. You have a beautiful night and day. Oh,
0: I love you, Tasha. Love you too. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to When We Speak. Follow me on Instagram at Tasha Hunter, LCSW. If you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, and follow me on iTunes and share it on your social media. If you want a copy of my book, What Children Remember, it is available on Amazon. Until next time.